The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Greg Damon and we've got a lot to talk about. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, it is good to see you. It's good to see you too. What's going on? Not much. Uh, yeah, it's a, an exciting day. Uh, a very exciting day. Sorry, my uh, son's okay. breaking into the room. Is this here. a cameo? Uh, cameo? Oh, yeah, nearly. He tried to do a little cameo, but well, <laughs> he, relentless. I tell you, they're relentless. I'm up at my parents' house here, a little family vacation. There's a little family party going on. So there's been too many cupcakes. Uh, too much fun for celebrating 4th of July, but I got it. I had a great time. We got to watch some of the John Deere classic, which was great. Been following along all week and it was, uh, it was great fun. Well, I'm glad you take a little bit of time out of your, uh, vacation to, to talk golf with us. Uh, JT Poston does indeed do it wire to wire, which Greg, just to remind everyone, the term wire to wire is very, very specific. Uh, yes, that means you have to lead by yourself after each and every round. If you're tied with someone at the lead after round two, for example, you did not go wire to wire. Right. And this is uh, this is the solo lead. You're the only guy. You're in the final group uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday uh, with the lead and you're you're the man to beat. And that's what JT dealt with. Then he talked about it after with Amanda Renner and how, you know, it's a long time to sleep on the lead. It's a long time to be thinking about it. And you keep wanting to get ahead of yourself and you keep wanting to think about and visualize the trophy. And the biggest challenge in that case is staying staying present, keeping yourself focused on the moment, keeping yourself focused on the shot at hand, even when you have shots to play with. And it's very easy. We saw it a little bit early in his round. He made a couple bogeys on the front nine, and it looked like it was going to be a challenge for him, but he was able to uh, put it all together at par, par in for quite some time, which when you look at the scorecard, it looks easy, but I promise you it's it's not that easy. Let's add Kyle Porter to the mix, KP. Welcome. I'm ready to talk about Taylor Gooch. We're not we so we're not there yet. Do you want to? We have to talk <laughs> first. Okay, it was great. JT Poston played well. I loved your tweet. I used this on HQ, Rick. He he made uh, he played the last 15 holes and won over. That that's that should happen at the U.S. Open, not the John Deere Classic. That's totally. And but I felt like nobody really. And part of this was he built up a lead, but nobody really made a run at him. Right? You you didn't have you just. I don't know. And and we saw a little bit, Joe, Joe Musso and I were talking on HQ about how we saw a little bit of the same thing last week at the Travelers where you, you just didn't get that like real. I mean, you did with Sahith Agala last week with, uh, against Xander, but he, he, could, he didn't finish it off. Right. And so um, that was a little bit of what today felt like as well. But it, it was a cool moment. He, he gets his first uh, gets his first invite to the Open Championship and gets his second win. And yeah, it was great. Yeah, so it was a Sunday 69, 
birdies the first three out of the gate, then plays the final 15 at one over par and still wins it by three shots. Generally not the math equation that comes into play at the John Deere Classic. And we can play a little trivia. Uh, last two guys to go wire to wire besides JT Poston. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, it, on the on the PGA Tour? That is correct. Oh, last was uh was Nick Taylor one Nick Taylor and Nate Lashley Nick Taylor was two guys ago I don't I don't Somebody, Nate Lashley was not the most the not most, most recent posted. yeah I, I don't know Greg do team events count no Joaquin Scheffler didn't Joaquin Neiman oh Joaquin that's right Genesis yeah uh Dustin Johnson was tied for one of the rounds at the Masters, so he did not go wire to wire in 2020. Oh, like true wire to wire, like lead after it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's correct. JT Poston captures his second victory, Greg, second victory since the 2019 Wyndham Championship, but we talked about this a lot on Monday. He was feeling it coming in. You know, last 24 rounds, he was the best player in the field on Thursday. Uh, He had a, a bunch of top tens this year, including last week. This was, this was a guy who got hot at the right time, uh, and was able to kind of dismantle this field a little bit. Yeah, and I, when I look at what he's done of late, he's put together some really nice rounds and shot some nice scores. One of those top tens was at the Wells Fargo, where you didn't see quite the low scoring, but he finished it off with a 67. At the RBC Heritage, he shot a 64 in the final round, a 62 uh, to start off the Travelers, and a 64 to end it. So he's, he, that's a sign of somebody who's really starting to feel really good about their game. When you have that ability to go low, make you know, get really far under par and keep it going, it it shows a sign of confidence. And JT Poston has been showing that. And then he answers again this week with a 62 in the very first round, and that's a sign that you're feeling really quite good about your game because you know it, it's one thing to go out and shoot 67, shoot four or five under par, and that's uh, that's all good and well. But when you have the ability to shoot. Um, to take it that next step and go really low. That's when, uh, that's when guys really have it clicking on all cylinders. And uh, JT clearly did this week. If you had to, if you had to bet your life, do you think JT Poston makes the tour championship? Well, he's up to 22nd now. Yeah. Um, He's got the, there aren't that many of, I would say, I would say no. Okay. I would say no. Um, uh, look, I think it's great, but I, I don't think we've seen him string together the consistency. I'm a little worried about what's he going to do when he gets into those playoff fields and points are quadrupled. And it, it's very easy to fall out of there and you can play well and fall out of there. Um, you know, the, his best, the, I guess the best chance for him would be probably the Wyndham. You go, go play the Wyndham, a place he's won, go finish in the top five there. I, and then all of a sudden you can make it really difficult to fall out. But I would say no, if I had to put my life on it, this has been, this has been a weird year yeah. for him because it's the most cuts he's ever missed, but it's also probably the best he's ever played. Uh, he's missed 14 yeah. cuts out of, he's only made the cut at 10 events out of 24, which is the fewest he's ever. Well, I guess we still have a few events left, but, uh, but he's finished first, second, First once, second once, third once, three top tens, five top twenty-five. So when he's played well, he's played really, really well. And I don't know. The the highest he's ever finished is thirty-second in the FedEx Cup. So I think he's got a I think he's got a shot to make the true championship, which would be a cool story. 
I, I would like to know how many winners don't make the tour championship in the season that they won. We should look. That well, up. he didn't back in 2019 whenever he won the Wyndham. So the there's 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that was his best year. Well, that was also his best year, like Tita Green. This is his second best year. He's shown some other signs as well, um, alongside the finishes, that this is a high quality year for him. No, no doubt. Well, that's what I think is interesting. And and Kyle alluded to this, where these numbers are not updated through this event. They're obviously going to get better, but entering the week, he doesn't rank inside the top 50 in any strokes gained category, not in driving distance, not in driving accuracy, not in greens and regulation, not in birdie average, not in scoring average, not, not in basically anything, but well, and this, this is, well, it, call, it comes together. Yeah. This is where it's a little bit, uh, the, the, the tournament stats and the actual, like the, what you've done at tournaments is not going to match up with your actual stats because the John Deere classic shouldn't be giving out 500 FedEx cup points in, in the same way that the, you know, like it, the field is not tantamount to a, to a regular PJ tour event. Right. And so it, it just, it, it's a little bit of you're, you're being disproportionately rewarded uh, in an event that is not, I mean, the strength of field this week was 54, which is like the 37th best we, tournament in, in 2022. It's not very we, good. We call that, we call that live around here. <laughs> <laughs> I t- I did not see that coming. Uh, you know what I'm saying though. Like it's a it it, it doesn't it doesn't match up really. There he took advantage of it. Uh, I agree with you. I don't have a better system. I actually thought that there was a time, and I this was a couple of golf czars ago for me, where I thought that they should make these like a thousand FedEx Cup points. And it, hmm. and incentivize better players to go. That'd be that'd be sick. That, but I feel like I need to re- rethink my whole thing now. Yeah, I think I think so. They they that keep would, it even would... to you know spread it kind of spread <laughs> things out a little bit, right? Remember how we were talking out. about. Remember how we were talking about how uh, you need to cater to your stars to keep your league together. <laughs> That's <laughs> not catering to your stars. No. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it'd flip eventually. That would that would flip. Your uh, marquee events would just change. Right. It doesn't matter that it's the John Deere. The John Deere doesn't draw the field it draws because of, of its name, right? It draws its it, it draws its field because of or any tournament does because of its place in the schedule, because of the golf course, because of um, I get the purse, things like that. So it, you could in in essence, if you change the FedEx Cup like that, you could flip it where this event becomes much more important, more important than, I mean, I get it would make it elevated. It would make it an elevated event. So I had, I had an idea as it relates to the John Deere classic. I was thinking about this. Um, What if Greg and Rick, you made like, let's say you create, if you're the PGA tour and you created, you, you just copied live and you created, let's say a 14 tournament or 15 tournament or 12 tournament schedule. And you had, 10 of those events that were every year, you go to Riviera every year, you go to Bay Hill every year, you go to Phoenix every year, whatever. But then the, the other two, three, four, five, you rotate different venues. So some years you put TPC deer run in, in the schedule. And so what you would get, you would get players in cities like Rory McIlroy. I don't, maybe he's played the John Deere once or twice, but he, he doesn't, he doesn't play the John Deere, but every two or three years, if you had that kind of schedule, 
for the top, like if you created like an upper crust, upper tier league, you would get Rory McIlroy, not only him, but also Scotty Shout. You'd get everybody if there were just these 12 or 14 events in cities that they don't usually go to. I think that would be phenomenal. I, I think that, and we don't need to get in, we don't need to like go down this, this tangent, but like that, I was thinking about that as it relates to some of these cities that are not traditionally visited by top players as much as some others. You, you've kind of got a taste of that. And during the COVID year, when everything yes. returned, it was, right? cool. it was awesome. It was really cool. RBC heritage and travelers and some of these events that you typically don't have great fields at all of a sudden you had the best players in the world there. And, and it highlighted, it, it highlighted to a big effect what the strength is of uh Harbor town and what the strength is yeah. of uh, TPC river highlands. And, and I think that has actually stuck with those events a little bit. And we've gotten, mm-hmm some better players to play. Um, so it, it, look, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. I've not heard the rotating the other events portion of that, which I think is, I think is fascinating. That's a, unfortunately a discussion. We're going to have to have another day. Three guys punch their ticket to the open championship date. JT Poston, obviously Christian Bezadenho in Emiliano Grillo fades a Scott Stallings uh, birdie on 18 punches his ticket to the open championship. I thought there was a time KP at some point this week, we were going to have to retire Scott Stallings being the default guy. We said, we said, if he wins, we're going to have to stop just using him as average tour player name. <laughs> Who would you go to <clears throat> like uh, Denny McCarthy? It's a great question. Um, so at, if you remember at the time we did this, we said, who's the 100th ranked golfer in the world. And we scrolled down and at the time it was Scott Stallings and it was perfect. Oh uh, Yeah. Because he was a, he was American, and there's alliteration, and it's just like the, the alliteration makes it makes it work. Can you guess who's number one hundred right now, Greg? Uh, uh, okay. No, I can look it up. Wait, I, I we should guess though. Um, one hundredth. I my I would I I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Is it Poseidon? Thomas Peters. Peters. Oh wow. Wait, no. no I, don't, I don't know. I'm guessing. He's guessing. <laughs> I, oh, uh, I actually had oh. the answer here. Yeah, that would, would be surprising to me. Okay. Bezadenho, but so this is entering this week. So before the John Deere Classic. 75th. Oh, okay. Uh, who did you say? Thomas Peters? Thomas Peters. Tomas. Putting respect on the name of Thomas Peters. He's 34th. Wow. <laughs> He's an he's an OWGR points abuser though. Manipulator. Right, I feel <laughs> what what is what has Thomas Peters done recently? He won last year at the end of the well, year, I guess. He won, yeah. Uh, he won. Didn't he win twice? Didn't he, he win went, again this year? Yeah, he had a really good like six event stretch. He might have won twice. Uh, he just finished second at the. Uh, <laughs> he's had a pretty good year. <laughs> JT, uh, yeah, he won top one hundred, top one hundred. Won to Abu Dhabi. He was uh, JT Poston was 99th this week. Oh, wow, one hundredth on the dot. Robert McIntyre. Okay, okay. He he seems like Robert McIntyre seems like he has more talent than being a hundredth in the world. You need you need like a guy who's won once or zero times, who's had their tour card for like eight to 10 years who is ranked 100th in the world, who has an alliterative name. We need that guy. All right. Well, this isn't alliterative, but I think it's pretty close. I mean, Brendan Steele is, I think very, he checks a lot of the boxes. Troy Merritt also feels Troy Merritt. 
yep. worst dress player in the world. I think JJ Spawn is up there because it's got it, it's it's easy to JJ. say. JJ, yeah, yep, easy to say. Um, maybe like a, a Brendan Todd. Brendan Todd. I was just looking at right. that. Two first names. It helps. Two first. It's not alliteration, Cam. but I, I think Champ it's still Scott Stalling. Cam Champ is 126 in the world. That's we crazy. Might never, we might never get another Scott Stalling. How perfect. No. I just he just can't win. He just can't. Win. You know, the the other thing too is like to Cam Champ or Denny McCarthy. The the problem with them is they're too good at something. Like Denny McCarthy, everybody knows yeah. him for being this yeah. elite putter. Champ is way too long to be the most generic player on tour. And Brendan Todd's probably too. But Brendan Steele, <laughs> he might be the guy. Yeah, maybe He's, maybe it's JJ Spawn. Brendan Steele is very just like. He's like, uh, I think I heard him described one time as like a bargain bin Keegan Bradley. <laughs> you know, it's bad when literally the only thing, the only thing anyone knows about Scott Stallings is that seven years ago, he lost 30 pounds. That's the only thing. <laughs> but what do people know about Brendan Steele? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Uh it, but the problem with Brendan Steele is he's almost he's almost interchangeable with Kevin Streelman. Like people, <laughs> it's very easy to get them confused because their names yeah. are so similar. But Streelman wears sunglasses on the back of his head. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> like it's, a, it's you don't need any unique identifiers for this person. Oh, by the way, KP, uh, on that topic, I saw these kid a uh, couple kid. I played golf earlier this week. And I saw a couple of like teenager, like seniors in high school, and they both of them had the gloves tucked into their belt behind them. What are what are they doing? Uh, Sam Burns does it. I didn't realize. That's a, it's not good. No, I, it is I, it I is it serial was, killer stuff. What'd you say, Rick? <laughs> it's it's what, no good. I thought it was like super swaggy. To put your no. glove in your belt loop? I mean, no, it I would, doesn't make any sense. Me and Craig are old. We're old. We got so. kids. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about <laughs> golf, and we have to do a lot of pocket. So we need to move on. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna recap. Live. Tiger is overseas. We have best bets and one and done. My God, we got to get to it. But first, we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I 
can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. I meant to... See, I got thrown off when Kyle came in three minutes into the show because I was going to introduce Kyle as live golf apologist and propaganda machine. Unbelievable. <laughs> I forgot because I got all flustered that he only that he came in three minutes in. So I got what, what you're referring to. People didn't see it. I've put a t- I sent a tweet out on Saturday night that said that I maybe can, uh, producer Jay can pull it up. But I said that. I actually enjoy the team, and I've said this throughout, but I enjoy the team portion of Live Golf. I think it's interesting. My kids were into it. We were watching on Saturday night. Uh, They were like, it it was compelling. The names are goofy. The draft has been horrible. Like every, the process has been just, just a catastrophe. Like they, they've done it about as poorly as you can do it, and it's still compelling. And I tweeted that out, and here we go. I think this is was this it's your screenshot? I see you right here. Yeah, this picture. <laughs> it, they put it on the broadcast, even though I said Liv has done this. The way Liv has done it is goofy, and so I I tur- I had the volume off. I turned it up to see if the broadcasters would would comment on it. They didn't say a word. Like they didn't touch it at all. <laughs> they didn't read it. No, they did say. Oh, did they? Okay, so this is what happened. I was I was actually most upset because I was about to, I was fading into a great golf nap on the couch, like a, I could feel it coming. It was awesome, and I heard Kyle Porter's children are really enjoying the event today, and I was like, "What?" And I snapped to attention, snapped that photo, and texted it out because it was like, "Oh my god, what just happened here?" Okay, I didn't hear that. I I must have muted it again right away because I didn't hear that part. But my my kids did say once they saw my name on there, they they said, "Does this mean you're famous now?" <laughs> and, I, and I was like, "Well, if this is the thing that that did, you know that does it, we're that's problematic. Like that's not good." So yes, which live golf did, apologist it, slash Twitter bot Kyle Porter CBS. Does it bother either of you that they put the like looking at your tweet being up there with the live logo right next to it? There's something wrong with that. Yeah, that just bothers. I don't think that graphic should have that logo in there. It, it makes it look like you know you're you said it on their behalf or something. Yeah, it it uh, I don't know, whatever. So, yeah, it it is it is kind of it's kind of stinky. If you want to get deep into like the minutia of Twitter guidelines. When you display tweets, you're not allowed to do that. It's not like Twitter is going to call them and be like, Hey, but, but like when there are rules that you have to do things that you have to keep in there and uh, keeping the original avatar is one of them. Not like it matters, but like that's Twitter's guidelines. But the um, reason they, the reason they put it up is because even though I called them goofy in there, the reason they put it up is because it's like, see, look, CBS thinks we're, and you, know. and you didn't even use the hashtag. What was the ha- oh? Do they is there a hashtag that you have to use to get on there? Well, every other tweet was hashtag. I think it was hashtag live golf. Sure, and yours was not. Yeah, I just I, I did an end around with the, with the rules that they had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did get I got I got 
consecutive DMs. This kind of sums it up. I got consecutive DMs last night that was like, I can't believe you would ride for this murderous regime and and prop them up. And then the next DM was like, I can't believe how much water you carry for the PGA tour. And it's like, well, if both sides are mad, then I feel like something is going right because that it just, I don't know. I, I don't know which direction we want to go with this, but I got a bunch of DMS yesterday from people on both sides of things that were very displeased. Then I think we're, then I think we're right in the perfect spot for everything then. Um, Okay, let me reset this. Brandon Grace wins in Portland, Greg. And Lou Stagner had the tweet immediately here. So here we go. In 182 PGA Tour events, Brandon Grace earned 12.2 million. 12.2 million, 182 PGA Tour events. Two live golf events, 6.6 million in the bank account. Yeah, it's uh, not surprising. We knew that this was going to happen for, uh, right from the get-go. So it's it's like everybody's been saying, there's a money grab available out there. And if you want to take part and play a role in that, that's, that opportunity sitting there for you. Um, but unfortunately, I look at that, it, that it doesn't mean anything to me. Because I don't think we watch sports for how much money a, an athlete is going to make. They're typically, you look at... Football, Patrick Mahomes is paid half a billion dollars by the Kansas City Chiefs because they think he's really valuable to their product. Um, the PGA Tour has a $20 million purse for their flagship event because it's their flagship event and it's their highlighted event. And it, so it doesn't, the weight isn't carried in the fact that uh, that Cam Smith won with three point whatever million dollars that he won at the players. It's the fact that he's a player's champion and he joins Tiger Woods and Adam Scott and all the great champions that have previously won the players. Um, Phil Mickelson being one of them. So it, it, it just, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, I don't really, I'm not moved well, I, by that at all. Yeah. I think, I think what Greg is saying, and this le- can lead into the Ryder cup thing, but it's not, it shouldn't be central to the discussion, right? And with Liv, it's it's the only thing, right? Like it, it, it's it's all you have, and uh, because of that, it's what everybody gets fixated on. And as a fan, it just it rings, I don't know, hollow or silly or I, I don't know. I I will say like I I do think, um. There was some, I was surprisingly compelled, and this is what my tweet said, but I was surprisingly compelled by the team portion and how into it some guys were. Like when Carlos Ortiz made that putt on 18 to finish in third. Correct. It was kind of cool. Like, and, and I listen, I am not like a proponent of live. I do not like live. I think the genesis of it is not good and not to be celebrated, but I think there are components of it. That are compelling. We've talked about podiums a lot. You have podiums. You have first, second, third. The the top three should be celebrated at golf tournaments in the same way they are at F1 or whatever. The team thing was like the teams are just constituted in such a bizarre way and they don't really make sense. And the names are weird and the graphics are weird and the players. I don't even know if they know each other, but (laughs) despite all that, I think the team thing is 
like my again, my kids were like, oh, they're all, it's easier to understand because I'm rooting for a team instead of trying to figure out like who the who the players are. And they made their dream teams of like who I want to see on the same team. I, I just think there are a lot of components to it, to that part of it that I would like to see implemented elsewhere that are super compelling. But as for like what Liv has going for it right now, I'm with Greg. It's like, man, the money part is like so central and the only thing that if you don't measure your if that's not like your worldview is to measure everything by money then i just don't see what you're super compelled by the one thing on the team on the team thing that stands out to me and this is uh new to professional golf it's not really i mean we have similar aspects of this in college golf um and and high school golf as well so i i don't think this is a brand new idea but typically uh, and we have seen this on the PGA Tour where you have a tournament within the tournament. And that tends to not be compelling. It, t- it tends to be something that's more confusing for viewers than it is uh, intriguing. And the example to me is like the FedEx Cup and the Tour Championship. Yeah. Right. And we, we went through this just a couple of years ago where the winner of the FedEx Cup was different than the winner of the Tour Championship. And you're at some point asked, which do you care more about? Are you involved? Are, are you more interested in the team element or the individual element? And it, it's hard to be compelled by both. It's hard to take both as seriously as you know one will be. And I, I think that dilutes a, a little bit of the excitement in a way. Yeah, I, th- I, I think the team thing is always going to be secondary in an individual sport, but I think it could be an interesting sidebar. I mean, if you have a... Let's say you have a, a situation where somebody's up by seven on the final day, and you're like, "Well, okay, this is," and they get up by eight by the turn. Well, th- there's no there's no drama. But if you have a team sidebar going on, there's something to be to be interested in. And I, and I think especially if you have an if, the, the, and what they ha- they've not developed an affinity for teams, right? Because they're sort of constituted around like loosely around nationality, but like not all of them. Like the, the, there's just no. Um, through line in terms of what their teams are are based around but if there was and if my kid if there was a i mean my son was like i'd love to see a team of rory jt um scheffler and spieth like that's who i want on the same team and you're like hell yeah me too like that would be sweet because that would be an easy thing to root for there is an inherent uh i don't want to call it advantage but like positive aspect of keeping as many players, golfers, whatever, engage for as long as possible. The same thing happens in fantasy football. If your commissioner is a good fi- is is a good commissioner in your fantasy football league, there are incentives to keep everyone on the waiver wire active, setting lineups for as long of the season as possible. The team aspect with the you, you could go out and shoot 88 88, but if you shoot a 65 in one round, you've contributed to your team. It, it, it is an incentive to keep guys engage longer it works in generally most aspects of life uh real quick so brandon grace beats out carlos ortiz patrick reed dustin johnson the four aces which are patrick reed dustin johnson pat perez and taylor gooch come out victorious taylor gooch had the quote of the day where he said and i want to get this right when asked about the atmosphere out at pumpkin ridge Taylor Gooch replied, quote, I haven't played a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup, but can't imagine there's a whole hell of a lot of difference. 
end quote. Uh, I think there will be takes about that. I mean, first of all, did you see how many views that clip has? Which one? The one that you tweeted out? Yeah, it's a million. Uh, a million <laughs> views. That has more views than all, the entire like live golf history, like the yeah. history of their it's, events. It was embedded in like anything that I Googled, it that tweet was embedded in the article. I, I saw some I saw uh Garrett Morrison tweet out the quote and I was like, that's not like he's just making like and this whole thing is been, like from beginning from Centurion Club to now, every not every quote, but a lot of the quotes are is that is that real or, or is it is it made up? And this one was the the apex of that. You're you're comparing you're comparing the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup to the second live event. <laughs> I mean, the, the the president's or the 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 live has been around for a hundred holes, and Ryder Cup's been around for a hundred years. And and I just he he maybe he just got it like way out over his skis and didn't like know what he was saying. But it it, it in in a it, the whole week, like from Kepka on Tuesday when he did his presser until. Gooch and Reed and DJ standing there on on Saturday was just a was just a it was like it was almost a discount of everything that came before it. So Brooks sort of seemed ashamed that uh, his pride had a price and the Saudi league found it and he had to sort of become the person that he would have made fun of. And then Reed and of all people, it was Reed standing by Gooch and he had to sort of pretend like this thing that he built his career on didn't happen right where, where gooch is like yeah this is like the same as the Ryder cup and reed's just kind of like sitting there like you know as if as if th- these these moments that have happened for the last eight years that that made reed who he is whether you like it or not just didn't even happen or, or were equivalent to this exhibition thing that was happening in a field in portland oregon it, it the whole thing was just preposterous and the contrast that i made was you know the Ryder cup and live are both exhibitions it's just one is for no money and it means everything the others for all the money and it means nothing and i think that that is instructive in terms of how you and maybe i'm getting like too deep like maybe maybe gooch didn't really mean what he said but it just it just kind of was like such an affront to like the best parts of golf that this 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 live golf league could just create its own reality and be like, yeah, we're like the same as the Ryder Cup, and it 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 just is like it, it's a it's a mind numbing statement, and but also like sort of what they're trying to do is to legitimize themselves. Does it feel, Greg, like there is a chip on these players' shoulders to constantly be saying how amazing, how great? how this is better than anything they've ever seen, how this is life-changing. It's like I knew a kid in high school who dropped out of high school, and then anytime you saw him for the next 15 years would have to tell you how successfully what. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, yeah. okay, dude, like, it's all good. Like, no one cares that you dropped out of high school. You're successful. That's great. But, like, you're just telling yeah. everyone about it for 15 straight years. It's a search for validation, right? And you want to feel like what you're what you've done is good. We all want to do that as people. But when there aren't real reasons and when what you've done hasn't been good, it becomes a lot more difficult to defend. 
And so the the chip on shoulders uh, uh, on these players' shoulders is defensive. They feel like they have to, um, uh, you know, uphold. They have to play defense here. And you know, it was amazing in that press conference with Kepka and and Perez and Brooks. It, some of the questions were not even very aggressive, but the players' response yeah. is aggressive because it it's uh, they have this this feeling. My guess, this is my guess, that they're under attack, and so they have to put up their they have to go and play defense. But again, I go back to the same thing when like I, I saw some tweets during the U.S. Open about the players who are staying and how deep and in-depth their answers to questions are and how the live players were so short and concise and defensive. And the reason is simple. When you do something for one reason, there's not a lot of depth that can go into that. Uh, And it's hard to explore the idea that I made a decision for just money. Whereas when the decision is made for uh, a variety of reasons, whether it's history or all the things that come with it, what the tour has done for you, all, all the reasons that players have stayed. Well, there's a lot more you can get into there. There's a lot more you can discuss. And so you're backed into this corner. If you've got, or you put yourself back in this corner, if you've gone to live golf for one purpose. And, and the, so now what you're hearing is players trying to find other reasons. So it doesn't seem like it's just one. And ultimately they look foolish making statements like Taylor Gooch made. I mean, it's a fool. It, it's just a foolish thing to say. It's like Kyle said, the word is perfect. Preposterous. It, and it, it, it is like they're operating. And this is the word that I've used for Phil. And, and this is not true of everybody. I think, I mean, Pat Perez talked about how he hit the jackpot. I mean, literally for him. Um, and man, he was talking on Tuesday about how, he, he said something like, I'm ranked 115th in the world. Do you think I care about getting into majors? And it was like, man, that is like, that sucks. Like, is that, you know, and I think when people, people are like, why, why do you hate live? Why are you against live? It's like, man, I don't, I'm not against change. I'm not against reform. I think, I think everybody on here right now would love to see some reformation come to golf at the highest level especially regular season golf, the PGA tour. There's a lot of things that they could do differently to make the product better for fans. I'm not, I'm not against that. What I'm against is this, and we've said this throughout, but this fracturing of the sport that creates two different tours, one of which is trying to legitimize itself. And the other of which has become less competitive because some of its better, bigger names and better players are leaving and trying to like cover those and then recongregate at the major championships, the, the, it, it's it's absurd that not everybody, not all the best players in the world, are together in the same league throughout the year. It it just is it it's absurd, and that's what is frustrating to me. And if that ends up being live and everybody goes over there, I don't know, man. Like I guess we just have to wear it and cover that, and that is what it is. And I guess that's better than what we're doing right now, like maybe, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to think about all this, but I'm just frustrated because I think it sucks that everything is divided up and you, 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 you're, you're missing out going both ways. You're missing out by having all the best players in the world together on the same tour. And I, and I hate that. And there was something else I was going to say, but I forgot. So go ahead, Rick. We don't need to d- dive deep into this right now, gentlemen, but because I'll get the red string out and we can do it. 
but this open championship, like the guys that you know now, Greg, the guys that you expected to be in a lot of major championships for a long time, whether it's Bryson or DJ or Brooks or whatever, answer, throw Taylor Gooch into the mix. This might be the last time we get them all together at the open championship because we don't know what's going to happen when we get to Augusta national, we don't know what's going to happen with OWGR points, but like, I think the line of how many major championships Bryson DeChambeau was going to play a year ago was like 45 more. And now it's like 13 more, which is like kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, it's very crazy. And you know, the majors are, there will be a couple of players who, if the masters allows them to play, that can still get in. But a lot of these guys are not going to, so this will be the last real chance that all of them are there. Uh, but guys are going to start falling out faster than you think. They're going to start falling out of the top 50 in the world. And mm-hmm. they're not going to have that opportunity to, uh, to, to keep their head above water. And playing well in you know, the Open Championship might not be enough to carry all the way through. Um, the, think about the schedule that we have from January to Masters time. I mean, it's deep. And that, that's where the PGA Tour players are playing the most collectively from whether it's Tory or, or um, Tory or Genesis or the match play or, uh, you know, the, all these events are compacted into one small area. The Arnold Palmer Invitational, they're all right there. And world ranking points are going to shift dramatically and these guys are going to miss out. So except for the Dustin Johnsons and the Patrick Reeds and the Phil Mickelsons who are arguably the least compelling of the players who might miss the masters. Um, they're just masters champs. They may be there, but, uh, but collectively they, they likely won't be. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, and it, and it devalues the major championships, right? Because if, if you, if all of a sudden next year, Sergio Garcia is not an open championship, because this is the last year that he's exempt from his 2017 masters win, that's a that's a minor devaluation but it but at what point does that become bigger and bigger and bigger and then all of a sudden because a bunch of guys wanted to make more money in a way that made no no um business sense in a way that you you didn't have a real like business plan man maybe that's not their fault i i sort of i mean you, you sort of have to look to the top right to to greg norman and to everybody that's running this thing and say man like you keep spewing this stuff about how you want to grow the game and make golf better. You know what is making golf worse right now? This stupid league, because not only is it fracturing regular season golf, but it's now affecting the major championships. DJ Pajowski had a really good thread on Twitter on, on Sunday about um, what's going to happen over the next year and a half or two years with the OWGR stuff. You could get, you, you could have a scenario and this is sort of what he was talking about where you get to the beginning of 2024 and this league is made up of, let's say, DJ and Patrick Reed are playing in it still. And Well, DJ is 974th in the world. Patrick Reed's 1,000th in the world. And you can be a big name all you want, but like, you're, like, how do you, then how do you get out? Like, how do you remove yourself from that cycle? You got to get top 10 players back over. So then you got to, it's just a mess. And it, and it, uh, I don't know. The whole thing yeah. is, is incredibly messy. If Bryson, it, le- it leaves you with yeah, buts. Oh, sorry, Rick. Go go ahead. I was just gonna say, if Bryson DeChambeau misses the cut at the Open Championship, he's gonna be approximately 85th in the world when we get to the Masters. 
with no other way to capture OWGR points. Well, he could uh, like the Asian tour, the Asian tour, the Saudi International. So, so are these guys going to grind eight events on the Asian tour? No, but they might play the Saudi Inter. So there's like one opportunity for them to right. So, so, so it's yeah, not, it's like not unrealistic that they drop very, 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 very quickly. Yeah. And and what they've said, and it takes the more they play to chase OWGR points, the more what they've said all along it gets devalued because they they're talking about how Not they get so play. much more time off, right? And so it, it's a they complete they're completely tied in a knot here, and they're relying on the majors. But at, at the same time, maybe they're not tied in a knot, and maybe they just don't play in majors, and maybe they just don't care because they got what they came for. Imagine, imagine Patrick Mahomes signing a five hundred million dollar contract and saying, "Great, can't wait to play less." That is like it is so anti what we want from our athletes, isn't it? And, and also, yes. and and it, also, I don't care if I play in the Super Bowl ever again. <laughs> it's crazy. This sport, yeah. like normal. It's so normal. Like, like what? Like like? Can you ima- Like can you imagine the takes if Patrick Mahomes said that? Yeah, that is everybody. You get blasted. That has literally been said. Uh, I mean, all the guys last week were talking about playing less, and I, th- I think it was Patrick Reed that said, "We don't really know what the majors are going to do." And, and it's just like, well, then what? What are we doing? Like, what even? What even is important here? What even matters? And and that's why when people say like, "Why is this an exhibition?" That's why it's an exhibition because it's outside the parameters of what it means to win a championship in golf, which is a, a major, essentially you're operating outside when, 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 when somebody, when some, when a top 50 player in the world says, I don't know if I'll ever get to play in the playoffs again, that thing that they are doing is outside the bounds of a, a competitive organization. It is an exhibition by definition. At least for the time being, that might change in the future. But as of right now, that is an exhibition because these players are saying, "Like I don't care about championships, I don't care about rings, I don't care about titles." However, you want to say what the majors are, I only care about getting paid. Even if I never have, even if I never get to play for titles and championships and rings ever again, that's why all of this is an exhibition. People have been asking that question. There's your answer. Yep, that's well said. And even even if it does change in the future, what they've done already is admit to that. That they're they. I mean, who's to say that they're going to care about the Masters suddenly if they do get a chance to play again or or not? Because they're willing to risk that. Which, which we want that to be everything. We want the we want the majors, the the championships, the titles. To your analogy, Kyle, we want that to mean everything. And they've told you, well, they're willing to risk it for a price. And and I think. And I think I I do listen. If you're a Richard Bland, even if you're a Pat Perez, like I get it, man. Like you're not you're not winning a major, you know. I think it sucks that you don't even want to try to win one. But I I I, I get it. the The ones that kill me though are are guys like Kepka, where it's like, dude, I I thought this is what you're about. I thought you were I thought you were a champion. I like only you, about this. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we thought and, that because you told us that. Totally. And also because you proved it, you know? And, and so that's where it's like, dude, you're not about that at all. And I think that again, that goes back to operating. I think so many of these guys, top guys anyway, 
are operating out of shame for what they've done. And I think when you operate out of shame, you operate out of this position where you're trying to justify everything by making ridiculous Ryder Cup-like comparisons or by saying, uh, I, I'm all about like spending time with my future family or like I want to play less or what just just saying ridiculous things that you're just oper- you're operating from a position of shame, right? Like you're ashamed about what you yeah. did and you and you I don't know, like you probably should be, you know, if if you take into account everything that this league is about and everything that you've ever said. Uh, the Telegraph, well, I, I got to be quick on this. The Telegraph reporting that the news of the ban, the 16 golfers uh, who will not be allowed to play at the Scottish Open, came out during last week's BMW International, where there were a lot of guys playing. And a source, a leading player who wished to remain anonymous, told Telegraph Sport that Sergio flew off the handle, shouting, this tour is crap. You're all screwed. He said he said the worst version of those and that they should have taken the Saudi money. Greg, the report is that Bob McIntyre was there and was disgusted. So uh, as I kind of say that jokingly, that's that's this is this is dividing fans. It's dividing players. It's it's really dividing everybody. Yes. (laughs) And look, that's that's not good. And again, it's like the analogy that has been made. Kyle made it. Um, but the, the it's the good guys versus the bad guys, and it's very clear when things like that come out. That's what Sergio Garcia has been his whole career, so it, it's not surprising. Um, but the the disgust of a Robert McIntyre, the the article that's written about it, the controversy and the comments, uh, it, it is extremely divisive, and it's one of the more amazing things that I've ever seen. On Twitter, if you read, just go to Kyle Porter's Twitter and read some of the comments on live statements. And if there's one that's remotely close to being live positive, all the PGA Tour supporters come out and rip it. And if it's anywhere close to PGA Tour positive, all the live fans come out and rip it. The comments on any any post related to either of these tours is all negative. It just depends on what side it is. And that's yeah. just, it's not good. Kyle, you, Kyle really is like the litmus test for this because he, he, for the most part can say, Hey, this has good aspects. This has bad aspects. This has good aspects. This has bad aspects, but they all don't fit in 280 characters. So like when those little thoughts come out, Kyle, you, you just get, you get smacked around from both sides. I don't know how you do it. Well, it, it it's really, I, I think it is interesting. Well, it's not interesting. It's, it, it's infuriating, but it's also interesting because I think it's the fallout of this sort of uh, cultural polarization that has happened over the last 10 years to where you're either it's everything is, is binary. We see this in college football, right? Like you're either for a college football coach or you're against him and you have to either be for everything or against everything. We see this in political parties. You have to be either 100% on the left or 100% on the right and you're the enemy if you're if you're the other way, but you can't be you can't like you can't say uh yo, like I think like some things on the left are pretty good and I think there are some things that the right does that are actually better than what the left does. You can't say like there's no category for that person or that that category of person is being erased. And we see that spill over into other things, especially things that have sort of uh, political political tinting like this has. I mean, obviously, there's an innumerable political implications 
from live versus the PGA tour. And because of that, I think we see a greater uh, sort of polarization onto into each camp than we would, than we normally would see in golf. Right. Like golf is so benign. Like, it's just like, I don't know. He hit a good seven iron. He drove it well. He had a few putts. And with this, it's like, whoa, like it's just it's a lot less benign than than what we're used to. That is interesting because I think political tensions got turned up slowly but surely over the last decade. Golf political tensions, Greg, went from zero to 100. And a lot of people are looking around like. Holy crap. Yeah. How, like, how did this happen so quickly? Right. Well, and you know that, well, look, it, it happened quickly because there's one entity that tried to get involved in the game of golf that is solely political, right? The, the public investment fund is a political organization. They, they fund the Saudi Arabian government. Now, as soon as that enters into your sport, politics enters into your sport. Mm-hmm. And there's no other way around it. You're going to agree or disagree. If the I've made this analogy constantly. If the Fed here in the U.S. decided to back the PGA Tour or fund the PGA Tour, the the political sides would go nuts. Um, and it depends on who got voted in, who made the decision. If it was a Republican that got voted in and made that decision, the left would be going nuts. And if it and vice versa, if a Democrat got in and made this decision, the Republicans would be going nuts. It would be probably fifteen, uh, what fifteen times more aggressive because you also have taxpayers who would go crazy about it. So everybody feels they have a say, and and when a nation gets involved in sport or when a nation gets involved in anything, politics immediately come into play. Um, and if you got into a debate about the United States postal service at, at your barbecue tomorrow night, uh, you would probably get into a political discussion and, and it would happen with just about any government entity, get into education, get into the police force, get into the, uh, the, the firefighters, those they're government entities they're going to get political now golf is a government entity yeah it, it, and it's exacerbated by the fact that you guess i mean two of the next six events are being played at, at donald trump courses i mean you think uh, i mean it's gasoline yeah totally I mean, you think the takes are 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 hot now i mean it's going to be I kind of want to go to one of them. I think it'd be super interesting. Like I would love to go cover uh, one of those events. I, I don't know about you. You, you would get memed into oblivion. Yeah. It'd be I've, well, I've already been memed into oblivion. <laughs> so uh, I, I've had a hard time. I was telling somebody this the other day, and this is more like just me being honest here, but I've had a really hard time of just how do I think, am I thinking rightly about all this stuff? Like, am I, am I thinking correctly about this aspect of it and this aspect and the corn fairy part and the European tour part and the political part? And is this really sports washing? What is sports washing? Like I, I just, I, I have a hard time sometimes thinking clearly about just the U S open and much less like the, yeah. ge- the geopolitical state of Saudi Arabia, 500 words on like Rory McElroy at whatever. So it's your, your baseline is already pretty far off. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, it's been really difficult to kind of feel like we've gotten up to speed on 
just what we're even talking about here. And it seems like there's a new iteration of it every three days to where you're like, okay, well, I didn't consider this aspect. And then this gets brought into play and these guys are going. And it's just, it's been a crazy year. Like it's, it's been extraordinary to cover and to try to like wrap your head around and, and think about, it. I don't know if you guys have felt that as well, but I, I was thinking well, about that the other day. Listen, Kyle, I just cover golf. So, uh, <laughs> of course. Of course, <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't say that it doesn't it doesn't work in this environment. So well, it's been a, it's been educational, that's for sure. I think I was telling you, Kyle, this the other day off air. It's just like I've I've had to recalibrate, like sit down and recalibrate, and be like, okay, here's what I know. Here's what I need to learn more about. Here's the way these things make me feel, and then go from there. But like, there's so much conversation around it that I actually had to sit down and be like, okay. Let me figure out where I stand on all this. Yeah. I, I almost want to write down every little like uh, just snippet, of, like every thought and then like write some ideas around that thought. I mean, the thing like ultimately and we can we I know we got to like finish up here, but I think ultimately I was texting DJ Pihaski about this the other day. And we were talking about how it's been really just kind of a bummer to me that and this maybe brings our conversation full circle it's been a real bummer to me to to see the reaction to like because this whole thing is just about who's getting paid right players um the the like the the organization wanting to make their money back off of it whether you think it's sports washing or whatever it's all about like just a bunch of rich people paying a bunch of other rich people to like create this league that's kind of a facade but like has some good components or whatever and I think the way that people have just even talked about money as if it's this sort of North star in their lives, like the ultimate North star. And it's like, man, what are we even like, if, if, if making money is like the greatest virtue in your life, then I just, I don't, I just fundamentally disagree with that. And I, and people are like, Oh, well you would take a hundred million too. And it's like, well, first of all, it's not what's that, that's not the same proportion that's being offered to these guys, but whatever, let's say, well, you would take 10 X your salary too. I've not been presented with that um, opportunity, but I would like to think that the things that I value in life extend beyond money. And I feel like everybody has acted like not only that they don't, but almost that they shouldn't Right? that. Yes. That, that money should be the only thing, not only that does govern your life, but that should govern your life. And it's like, that is a very bleak way to look at life. Like that outlook on life does not engender a lot of excitement for me. And I think that ultimately has been what has been the biggest bummer about this whole thing. The only thing that might save us from our crazy uncle's political golf takes at our 4th of July barbecues are our crazy uncle's hot takes about Tiger Woods playing golf on television <laughs> on Monday. Monday and Tuesday, Tiger Woods will be playing golf on television. JP McManus Pro-Am. This is a bizarre event, Greg. It like None of it makes any sense. They've gotten more than half of all of the number one players in the world. Speaking of rich guys putting on big events, JP McManus does it right. Uh, and we're going to see a little bit of golf. 
Yeah, this is a really interesting event, which, uh, to be honest, I didn't hear about. I didn't really even know about it until this one came about. And if you look back through history, they would they were covering it like uh, or it would happen every five years or so. Uh, And then with COVID, it kind of got shut down and we're here. So the schedule has been thrown off. But Tiger actually played in it in every edition that he was available to. He played it in 2000 and won it 2005. I'm not sure off the top of my head if he won it um, 2010. And I don't think they had it in 2015, but he's played at least three of these. And in every one, the field was loaded. I mean, they really, they do it. They do it right. They, I mean, if you're trying to start a golf tour, they, these guys should have been considered because they get everybody to play. Um, so it, it's it's going to be really it's going to be really to fun golf to tour, no 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 this is, I'm just saying like you look at this field and this is like it, it's a it's a dream everybody comes out and supports it, it, it this, this is this, this, this is where the uh, Ryder Cup is right in uh, 2027 is that now 2028 or was it 2026 that is now 2027 yeah okay that's when it is right. Adair. What, Adare, Adare Manor? Adare Manor? I think it's Adare Manor. It's in yeah. Ireland. <laughs> um, tomato, tomato. <laughs> same thing. Uh, the other thing about this, Kyle, is this is it, – it, it's such a real – especially for Tiger specifically, who was never going to play the Scottish Open or he was never going to play four competitive rounds leading into a, 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 the Open Championship. He gets two quasi-competitive – if you want to put it that way, rounds with time to recoup, get right, and then go to St. Andrews. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, presumably it's not going to be that kind of on-the-coast beating that you might expect in, you know, Ireland or Scotland, depending on what the weather's like. It's inland, it's super, like, nice, and, I mean, you might get bad weather, but it's not, when you imagine... Hey, you're going to get just lit up by Scottish or Irish weather. This is not the this is not the type of golf that you imagine. So I think it's a great lead in for him to the Open Championship. And man, I, I'm so excited. I was talking to uh, Sean Zock of Golf.com. He's over there right now. He's actually caddying for Joel Damon this week at the Scottish Open, which is sweet. But we were talking about how the cat might be playing. Uh, nine or 18 on Sunday night at, at the old course uh, without anybody out there and how we want to, I'm going to try to, I'm going over on Saturday. I'm going to try to get to St. Andrews by Sunday night. I've got some other stuff going on, but I want to get there just, just in case he's out there mixing it up with, uh, with the old course by himself. That would be pretty awesome. Just you and walking around the old course together. (laughs) I mean, I, I would, I would, I mean, I would definitely write about it, but I, I just can't imagine a better kind of start to the 150th open than something like that. Uh, I completely agree. The fact that we got that great U.S. Open and Tiger wasn't even there and was like h- hardly a storyline by the time we got into it is absolutely crazy. And now we get to do it all again. And Tiger is a huge storyline, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, gents, let's go over our best bets, our one and done stuff quickly. We'll get out of here. We'll send everybody on their merry way into a holiday Monday. That's exciting. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And we're back. Best bets. Oh, boy. One in three. John Ha huh? missed the cut. Buy a shot. That was mine. Oh. Did not cash. Coach Glover over. Oh, the reverse. The reverso again. Coach, coach picked the matchup. I hate that. Wins the tournament. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> you sure do hate to see it. KP, uh, you oh, did. What are we doing? Wait, play that again. Oh, what is going? What on? is he doing? <laughs> was that from our show or from pga tour live that was coach on pga tour live when jacob do we remember somebody missed like a two like a like an 18 speed. Inch it was speed, speed. speed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's sweet uh kyle cam davis tournament winner you took the boost 45 to one didn't win top 10 though yeah <laughs> i i was fine with that i think the other one that i had that i put on hq was adam hadwin to miss the cut i think he did miss the cut he did which I wish I would have gone with. Just get, just fade Rick's boy all day. Or Greg's boy. Sorry, Rick. I didn't mean yeah. to come at you like that. He played good in round two. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> that would have been great if he was on the live tour. Right, would, yeah, it would have been uh, worth something. <laughs> he played great in round two. It's like such, <laughs> like a, like the grasping at straws of that. Uh, it was so disappointing. <laughs> we shoot 75 in round one. I mean, you, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah so, come on, good. Adam. Get it together. Uh, He's Mark, losing me again. Excellent. Mark did cash Sahith Tagala, top 20, plus 150. Uh, this was a good comeback because he opened up with a 74 and then battled back to make the cut and then got hot. This was this was a pretty a pretty fun little turnaround for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I was very curious to see if this would be a good golf course for Tagala. Uh, I, I really wasn't sure. I, I, my initial thought was yes. Then I said, well, maybe not. Um, it seems like the accuracy might be too important, but it was a really nice comeback. He's playing great golf. One and done. Not much changed. Mark and the coach had Sahith $97,000. That was the biggest win. Greg had Brendan Todd. Kyle had Nick Hardy. Jacob had Morgan Hoffman, which was fun. All got more than what the fans Sia and myself got Webb Simpson zero dollars. This is all Sia's fault. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Mushing us into oblivion. 
Can we kick him out? Can we kick him off the tour, Doug? It's humble. <laughs> it's really amazing. How Maybe you should start picking live events. That's our chance to get back into this thing. Well, no more zeros. But Sia is like, no more. It's, it's unbelievable. He he his picks are so good. Uh, his his DraftKings picks are unbelievable, and he is just getting crushed in this one and done. I don't want to talk about it. Are you guys doing anything fun for the fourth? Uh, un, undecided. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fun. You don't I'm headed you. to the lake. I'm headed to the lake. As soon as as soon as we're done here, I'm headed to the, I, my wife and kids get to hear all my live takes instead of you guys and the fans. So they're excited about good for that. them. Good for them. And Greg's at the at the resort. Yep, I'm at the resort, my uh, parents' house. So I'll continue that. I'll be here tomorrow as well and Tuesday. My wife's out of town. I can do literally anything that I want. Whoa, what are you going to do? Uh, eat pizza and sit on the couch. Yeah, maybe a little Scottish Open research. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got to start adjusting my body clock. I got a lot of stuff to do this week. It's All bedtime, right. Rick. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's coffee golf time. It's, ah, I love it. it. It's such a reprieve from, I, we'll talk about this more later, but just all the live, not propaganda. I'll just call it that. Like calling the Ryder Cup and live the same thing is just, straight up and maybe you made a mistake in what you said it's just straight up propaganda it's it's nonsense and to trade that for two weeks in scotland of i know the scottish open isn't at the like you know isn't at a necessarily a traditional links course but then to go to the old course for the hundred it's just like the opposite of what we've been talking about with live and i'm so excited about it I, i i freaking i can't wait it's gonna be awesome and then we get Trump Bedminster the week after that. So we're back back at it. It's, the juxtaposition is just astounding. Like, it's astounding to, to, to ping pong back and forth. It's crazy. This is going to be fun, boys. Right. <laughs> well, I guess that'll do it. Um, so Monday, Scottish Open stacked field. 14 of the top 15 players in the world, all but Rory, DFS preview, mega preview pod Tuesday, betting preview Wednesday, round by round recaps. I don't what what's hot, Jacob. What time are the round by round recaps gonna be? Like one like one Eastern? Yeah, I think probably one two Eastern-ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe three. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Cool. Looking forward to it. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes at Jacob underscore Alex Greg Ducharme at the real GFD. And that is Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. Catch you next time. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 